you know, think about, um, we'll do it. You're doing an amazing thing. Like being a doctor is awesome, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication. Um, you're going to have to say no to a lot of things. Um, you know, you can't always kick it the way you want to kick it. You can't always go everywhere. But when you do get to a point where you can, it pays off. But then, you know, you also want to think about, hey, you know, do you want to get married? You know, if so, like, you know, be thinking about some of the characteristics that you would want your husband to have. Are you planning on having kids? By the time, you know, you're going to be done, you're going to be, you know, knocking 30s. And, you know, they call uh, us geriatric pregnancies or you're like 35 and up. So, you know, talk about egg freezing. Um, and if that's, you know, something that you want to do to uh, preserve that fertility for the future. Hey guys, Dr. Dale here. Really quick before we start this episode, I want to ask you to support our mission by doing one thing. Just subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel or our podcast channel, whichever one you listen to. Just hit that subscribe button. The way our podcasts get out there is by you guys liking it, by subscribing, and of course by sharing as well. So if you do one of those things for us right now, we really appreciate it. We work very hard to make these episodes for you guys. We work very hard to get them out for you guys and just to try to uplift the entire community. So if you could help us out by doing one of those things, subscribe, share, or like every time. I really appreciate it. Love you guys. The med school decision, what went into that decision in terms of where you applied to and, and where you ended up at? Um, what was that process like for you? So when I went to Prairie View, what was new, it was, I don't know if you've heard of the Undergraduate Medical Academy. Have you heard about that? I have not, no. Um, so it's like a new program um, that they started at Prairie View around the time that I went there. And, you know, they kind of basically helped prep you to apply for medical and school and stuff like that. Um, I actually did do a summer at A&M um, doing research as a part of the um undergraduate medical academy we got to visit you know UTMB and like other like medical schools around the area so I really liked UTMB I really liked the way that they did their curriculum um, a systems-based curriculum and then of course also uh, money <laughs> like you know those in-state fees is way better than going out of state yeah facts <laughs> As coming from somebody who went out of state um I definitely I definitely can appreciate that so so you, did you even look at out of state or you just, honestly, no. Texas, Texas has enough, you know. Texas, yeah. It's like seven yeah. medical schools, maybe eight now. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely more than seven. Now, when I was going through, so I think that's probably a couple of years. I, I started med school in 2006. So when I applied, I think it was seven. And now I think it's got to be, it's probably double digits, to tell you the truth. I should know this. I have to go back and double check. Um, yeah. So you get to UTMB, back, you, you kind of move back to, you know, where you're from, H-Town area, um, Galveston. What was that experience like uh, in Galveston? Because and I, and I say that, let me preface that by for the listeners is Galveston's on a beach, right? Mm -hmm. So what it's kind of a nice laid back environment. So what was that experience like for you? Did your location impact any way you you approached going to school? I think that it was great because it was like it was close to home, but at the same time, like it wasn't home to where like I had like a lot of distractions. Galveston is small. It's an island. It's quiet. Um, and so I was able to like focus and, you know, still have my own space. So that's good. So you, so you, so you didn't, we, 
how often did you actually go out to like the beach and things like that? Was that, is that something that because you're on the island, you just, you don't care? Yeah. You just don't even care that much. You, you don't, you don't even have time, honestly, to, to enjoy that stuff a lot. I went a couple of times, but it wasn't something that I did frequently. And you also grew up in the area. So you, it's probably not as big of a deal for you. Um, so med school, biggest challenge for you during med school? Ooh. Or was it a breeze? We just said oh, it, no, it, no just killed it. <laughs> it wasn't a breeze. Med school is um whew, med school is hard. Like, you know, like the studying. I remember we used to go to the Graves building. Um, and we used to stay there till four or five o'clock in the morning studying like seriously like do group studies four or five o'clock in the morning um it's it's tough just the amount of like dedication that you have to have is like what you thought college was something and then you get to medical school and then you like oh (laughs) like what is this and then you get to residency (laughs) and that's another beast in itself so yeah definitely staying focused and then I also when I got to medical school, another hurricane happened. I, yeah. And so then, you know, we had to scramble and do like a couple of us like went to Austin. Um, maybe some went to San Antonio, some went to Houston. So then I had to like actually go to Houston and do some of my clinical rotations because um, I damaged some parts of the medical school. So. And so when I hit, what year would you have been in med school? I hit... What year? Preclinical or where you said you started the clinicals already? Ike, it was, it was around, I want to say it was like the second semester of my second year in medical school. So like preclinicals. Yep. And that just kind of, I don't want to say ruined everything, but that threw, threw a wrench and everything. Now, let me, let me rewind something you said at the beginning. You said that you hadn't seen a, a Black woman doctor until older. So when you get to, when you get to med school, did you now have black women doctors? I'm getting tired of your mentorship. Did you find somebody that you felt you could kind of relate to to kind of mentor you and guide you? Because for the listeners, something you want in med school, if you want to be successful, is you want really good mentors. Um, not just med school, but definitely by the time you get to med school, you need to have really good mentors. So were you able to find somebody who you felt was kind of similar to you as a mentor in med school? Yeah, Dr. Lori Thomas. Uh, have you heard about Dr. Thomas? Oh man, I know Dr. Thomas well. Dr. Thomas, before I chose my college, when I was trying to decide where to go for college, Xavier, Missouri, I went out, I had dinner with Dr. Thomas and she was, she was like, hey man, you got to consider this money thing. So that's yeah. how I ended up, you know, one of the reasons I ended up going to Missouri. But you can tell the listeners, man, she's a, yeah. she, she, she is, she's it. Dr. Thomas, she, she's that girl, you know, she, um, she really helped a lot of us, you know, at UTMB, um, you know, help guiding you, you know, we'll meet with you, um, and what you said is important. You need a mentor. You need um, somebody that will tell you the truth um, and somebody that will kind of guide you along the way because it's tough. Um, and so, yeah, Dr. Tom- Dr. Lori Thomas, she was that girl. And then when I started, you know, doing some of my rotations in Houston, I can't remember her name, um, but she was an OB-GYN doctor. Um, and I was like, wow, that that's amazing. Dr. Cash, I... Uh, when I did my rotation, my GI rotation with Dr. Gossett in Houston, um, he introduced me to Dr. Cash. She's a really popular plastic surgeon in the Houston area. So it was just so amazing. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, look at these 
beautiful Black women, like doctors, they're doing it, you know? Um, so it's definitely an amazing thing to see. And uh, at the start, you also mentioned the lifestyle, right? You wanted to, when you're choosing your specialty, you think about lifestyle too. When you're seeing these, these Black women physicians excel in their crafts, are you having conversations with them about lifestyle? Because I know a lot of this is, I mean, I don't have these conversations in detail, but I know a lot of um, young Black women, we run a group on Mondays with pre-meds, and these questions often come up about the lifestyle and things of that sort. So were you able to find those kind of answers through those mentors? Sometimes. Um, I think that uh, I should have been asking more questions. You know, some things you're just going to kind of learn as you go. Uh, but just really... Um, just have an honest conversation, especially for women, like, sis, like, do you want to get married? When, like, are you planning on having a family, you know, when, and what kind of things to prepare for that, like a timeline? Um, because, you know, by the time we're done with medical schools, a lot of, a lot of us are like 30, um, not good at 30. So um, just having those honest conversations. So I definitely want to have those conversations, you know, if I have some mentees, um, some young women mentees, and, you know, to think about that type of stuff. So, so what would you tell them? You know, what would you tell them now, you know, you've gone through the process and such, and you and Kingsley together and everything. So what would you tell them? What would your recommendations be to that young um, pre-med, not just Black woman, but any woman who's listening to this, who wants to go into the field of medicine? You know, think about, um, we'll do it. You're doing an amazing thing. Like being a doctor is awesome, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication. Um, you're going to have to say no to a lot of things. Um, you know, you can't always kick it the way you want to kick it. You can't always go everywhere. But when you do get to a point where you can, it pays off. But then, you know, you also want to think about, hey, you know, do you want to get married? You know, if so, like, you know, be thinking about some of the characteristics that you would want your husband to have. Are you planning on having kids? By the time, you know, you're going to be done, you're going to be, you know, knocking 30s. And, you know, they call uh, us geriatric pregnancies or you're like 35 and up. So, you know, talk about egg freezing. Um, and if that's, you know, something that you want to do to uh, preserve that fertility for the future. Nice, nice. Um, do you find it, I want to, I'm not going to dig into your personal life, too much, but do you find it that black women, quote unquote, successful because you're a doctor, finished med school? Do you find it more difficult? Do you think it's more difficult for that type of woman to find a mate? Uh, I don't think it's just black women. I think uh, it's difficult now to find a mate. Period. Um, but yeah, I think it's a little bit more difficult um, when you're in that profession because you've been you've been out the game for a while, you know, like if you don't meet a mate, uh, you know, during school and stuff, if you're not really getting out there and putting yourself out there, like it's tough. So I think it's just more so of like the opportunity of like being in situations where you can meet people. Let me, let me ask a question in a slightly different way then. Do you think that as a black, you know, as a black woman, quote unquote, I say quote unquote, it's probably true, but quote unquote, you know, well-educated, successful because you're a physician, do you think that makes men, Black, whatever, more intimidated, right? They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. I don't think so. They shouldn't be. What do you think? I think I think it does for some men. I mean, I don't know. I didn't experience I've been with my, my wife since we were 18, you know, so I don't know. But I, I think, but I I have no idea. I'm the wrong person to be asked this question. But I would assume that some men would feel insecure 
in those situations. I have no idea if it's true or not. I like to think that I wouldn't, but again, I, hopefully I'll never, I'll never find out. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. You know, I, I have no idea. I haven't been on that side of the token. So it's something that honestly, I don't ever think about, right? So I'm thinking about it right now as, as you're just, as you're describing this, this thing about things for a young woman to, to think about. So it's making me wonder. So my daughter, she's five years old. That's her when she was like, so all the people who are watching, that's my daughter when she was, I think, three, maybe or four, probably four, because she wasn't playing soccer. <laughs> she could walk <laughs> when she was much younger. But um, she says she wants to be a heart doctor. She's a kid. She's just saying that. Who knows? But that's what she says right now. She wants to be a heart doctor. So the things you're saying right now, as you're saying it, I'm just thinking about my daughter, my baby girl, when she's going through med school, these things, like what things will she have to go through? So it's probably the first time I'm thinking about it in, in, in detail. I have no idea. I, I don't know the answer. So, but I think that that'd be a good talking talking point for uh, maybe another session, another episode that we'll have in, in detail. So, moving forward, so you made the decision to go into pediatrics. You're in your fourth year now. How are you? How are you deciding which programs to look at? Was it a was it a local thing again? Location thing? How are you making these decisions? It wasn't local. Um, I kind of applied. Uh, I applied a lot of places. I was. Because uh, at that point, I'm like, you know what, like I do, you know, I ended up finishing undergrad in Texas, I did my medical school in Texas, and I was open to like, you know, just going somewhere else. So I applied to Florida, Cali, uh, New York, Michigan, like you name it. And um, I ended up matching um, in Michigan. So I did my residency at the Children's Hospital of Michigan. In Good Detroit. gracious, you went from Houston to Michigan? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. Can you talk about like weather shock? Like I did not know how to drive in snow. I didn't know how to dress. Like I was like, people were like, you need a real jacket. Like not this old like windbreaker thing. Like, no, you it's cold up here. Um, It's so cold in the deep, like they say, (laughs) but um, it was awesome. I did. I enjoyed my residency. It was, um, it was busy, you know, we have, cause in Michigan, they got like children's hospital in Michigan. And then they got the one at U of M. Um, so there's only like basically like three major children's hospital in the whole state of Michigan. So it was a really good experience. I learned a lot and I learned how to take care of sick kids. Did you ever have a time during residency where you felt like, I use the word failure, where you felt like, man, like, like I, I can't do some failure. I can tell you, I had a couple of those times. I remember Man, I remember the worst time in my career where even though we didn't make any necessarily, we didn't necessarily make, we did not make any mistakes. We went according to the what the guidelines, but a patient died. And I was like, man, I, I bombed this. I just feel like a complete failure. Do you ever have any of those types of times? And I asked that to you specifically because you're a pediatrician. So like part of the reason I couldn't do peds is because the emotions it gets, you know, getting attached to, to kids. So did you ever have any time where something just hits you really hard and Mine almost sent me into depression, if I'm being real. Like, I was down for a while. I'm wondering, have you ever felt anything like that to that extent? Um, Not to the point that I felt like a failure, but there was definitely times, especially when you do your um, uh, PICU rotation. So, you know, in the PICU, I mean, you take care of, like, I mean, just some really sad cases. You have seen, like, I've seen kids die from um, non-accidental trauma. Um, I, I, I will never just forget the scream, like of a mom that like, you know, um, one of her other kids like accidentally rolled over her baby and they brought in the baby, tried to resuscitate the baby. The baby died. Like, I'll never forget the scream of like, you know, when we had to tell her that the baby didn't make it. 
um, you know, in your hemoc rotations, you know, seeing kids with like sickle cell, uh, being really sick, being in crises, kids with cancer and dying. So there was definitely a lot of sad moments in pediatrics um, where you're just, you know, it, it brings you down. It brings you down and you think about it um, a lot and uh, fears, um, you know, like when I heard that scream of the mom, like I just, I'm like, yo, like you, you just never forget that. So there's certain things that will shape um, what you do, you know, what you don't do. So how do you, um, how do you deal with it though? How do you deal with it? Um, I think just talking to your uh, co-residents, you know, talking to, you know, finding people that can support you during that time. Residency, it's tough. And so, you know, you not only need to rely on your co-residents, but you need to rely on your family members, you know, your partner, your spouse, if you have one, um, because it's definitely a time where you are busy. It's mentally and physically um, draining to be in residency. Yeah. And, uh, you know, before we were talking about people don't understand stuff, like that's something that people don't understand really is how, how tough residency can be, man. Residency was especially that for me, that entry, it was a whole different beast. Um, that's probably my second year. I mean, my second year, I had a kid. So my first boy, who's that one right there, we had him with my wife and I were second years. And that was just probably easily, easily the most tiring, you know, year, year of our lives. Um, so you finish residency, end up back in Houston, mm-hmm. practicing. I, I, you know, I imagine you're living your dream life now and, you know, uh, you're, you're getting to do the things that you've been wanting to do since you were itty bitty. Uh, what, what does it feel like to look back at all this and just kind of think about Katrina, Ike, not meeting a black woman doctor until, you know, you're 20 or something like that. Resi, what does it feel like to be on the other side of all of this and be able to look back and kind of say, I made it? We'll be right back. I want to tell you guys, man, Black Men and White Coast Youth Summits, get ready, get ready, get ready, guys. About to be on and popping. About to be on and popping again, right? So we've got 15 commitments, right? So 15 cities across the U.S. so far and, and more and more coming in, right? That we, we plan to be in across the United States so within, over the next year or so, right? 15 youth summits and more coming in. So if y'all are interested in having a youth summit, send us a message. Tell us tell us what city you're in. Send us a message on our Instagram, at Team BMWC. Send us a message and let us know what city you're in and what cities we should be looking out to and, and working to get into, all right? So we're super excited to be bringing the summits back. It's a Black Men and White Coast Youth Summit. Over 1,800 people registered. We're gonna inspire, mentor. We've got a lot of great stuff lined up for today. There's a large population out here who has never seen a black doctor. It's a good feeling to have other young men around to help my boy realize that this is something that can come true. I thought this would be a good opportunity to see how to become a cardiologist. This event was really good for me so I can be able to learn more about my passion and what I want it to be. It's one thing to have a dream, but it's another thing to have the steps to make it come true. And that's what we're here today to do. All of these resources, all of these doctors that were here today, it's incredible. It really is. I know for a fact that we can get more black men and white coats because of what I'm seeing here today. What does it feel like to be on the other side of all of this and be able to look back and kind of say, I made it? Uh, it feels amazing. Um, finally, like, whew, like looking back and you're like, hey, like, 
I made it. Like I'm here. And now people are like contacting me and emailing me and saying, Hey, you know, can you be my mentor? Like, how did you do it? How did you get in medical school? And like, now I'm on the other side and I can help somebody um, be able to achieve their dreams. It feels good. Um, I'm married to the love of my life now. So then that's a new chapter that we're doing now. And, you know, hopefully, you know, one day have our own family, extend our own family. So it's, it's great. Nice. Make sure tell Kings that said, what's up, by the way? So <laughs> thank you for helping us help, help us track you down and get you on here. <laughs> All right. Um, let's wrap it up. A couple, you know, fun things. I'm gonna do it a little different because because you know, you're a rapper, you're a hip-hop <laughs> artist. So I'm gonna ask you, no, let, I'll ask you this question first, and then I'll do the thing that I want to do. So if you can choose from any artist you want, it could be rap, it could be a painter, it could be I, I consider sport and art in a sense, right? So if you can pick any artist to say who you're most like that, you know, artists that you relate to, who would that artist be and why? Oh, that's a good one. Who would it be and why? I think now a recent artist that I would say that I most like is Meg Thee Stallion because Meg Thee Stallion, I love that, you know, she just graduated. So she got her degree, she got her education, and then she's being her authentic self. Like she's rapping, you know, she's doing her thing and she really don't care what people say about her. And I love that. And so that's the side that I'm embracing, you know, being myself, whether it's rapping, singing, and hey, I'm a doctor too. So Meg Thee Stallion. Doing your thing. All right. So I don't keep, I'm, I'm becoming an old head. I'm bald and all that. So I'm an old head now. And I don't, I'm not, I don't even know what's going on in the world of hip hop as much anymore. Um, I am, I am learning a little of some stuff. My kids are in this phase now where we freestyle in the car. So we drive to and from school. And, and it, of course it's, you're talking about five-year-old freestyling, but my daughter just loves it. She's in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this whole morning she was freestyling. So maybe I need to start getting more hip to, to what's going on. So <laughs> We listen to a lot of, I, I'm my faith, I'm Christian. So we listen to a lot of kind of like those rappers like that from that background. But other than that, I don't listen to too much music at all, period. So here's, here's what I want to do with you now. Um, I just made a quick list while you were while you were talking. I'm just going to say two two people and I want you to choose which is your favorite. Um, okay. These are rappers. Which is your favorite and why? Let me add one more. Okay. All right. So first one, I'm going to say Pac versus Big. Ooh. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pac. Why Pac? I love Tupac. Like that flow and that just uh like that swag. Like I don't care. Like Pac. All right, Pac. Pac. J versus Nas. Jay-Z versus Nas. Chai. <laughs> Not gonna be easy. Jay. I mean. Yeah, Jay. That kind of makes sense based on what you said about making the stallion because Jay's like a um doing his thing, business guys, you know. Yeah. Firing all cylinders. Um, Wayne versus <laughs> excuse me, Lil Wayne versus Drake. Ooh, that's a hard one. Cause I think that they're both awesome artists. Wayne versus Drake. Gotta pick one. No ties in this game. Um, Wayne. All right, here's Wayne. Um, two more for you. I'm gonna say Cardi B versus uh Nikki. Cardi versus Nikki. Ah, 
Really? <laughs> I was I was gonna say I had I had Meg the Stallion first, but I'm like she's gonna say Meg because she just what she just said. So I changed it to Cardi versus Nikki. Oh wow! I love both of them. Like I don't want. I love both of them. Um, Nikki. All right, all right. Nikki gets the win, and then because you're from Houston, the last one. A lot of people might not. I don't, I don't know if people know these people or not, but they, they should. At least one of them. The last one I'm gonna say. Cooper, Chameleonaire versus Paul Wall. Cooper. Cooper. You said that with confidence. You said that yeah. one. Like that one was easy. Cooper. Yeah. Yo, that was a good. Like Houston, we went through a really good run. Like Cooper, Paul Wall, Slim Thug, Fat Pat, ESG. Like we, that era. Like it was. It was awesome. It was a good time. It was. I'll tell you who doesn't get, I don't know if it gets credit or not, but even Lil Flip, people like Lil, Lil Flip, Flip got, I think when he had this, he had this little thing with T.I. Um, and T.I., I, I hate saying he ruined his career, but you know, him and T.I. had this quote unquote beef. And after that, I think people just kind of, you know, started going away from Flip. But Lil Flip's one of the people who really kind of took Houston mainstream. Yeah. You know, he took it because, you know, back in the 90s, you had, oh, never, of course, you had um, Scarface and those guys, but I, I mean, after that, right? He's yeah. one who kind of took the Houston styles we know it more mainstream because like DJ screwed all of them were cool, but that was still just mostly Houston. Yeah, a lot of people still don't know who DJ Screw is outside of outside the rap community. But um, you're right about that, man. That we we had we had a, and it was it was a good run, man. Because that stuff it probably we probably started getting really popular when I was in high school, I think. Yeah, it, that was a good run. That was a good time. Yeah. That nope. I don't listen to hip hop anymore, but whoever's whoever's out there rapping in Houston, y'all need to bring it back. Hey, maybe um maybe you can bring it back on while you're maybe maybe Actually, yeah. So let me ask you. I'm gonna ask you one last question. And I'm gonna give you the last word. Is music anywhere in your future? Uh, in a serious like, okay, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna put stuff up. Like I don't have the plans to. Um, it's just something that I do for fun. Like me and Kingsley do for fun. I've just, you know, sing around my family and stuff. Um, but since we were put like out there, like in the spotlight and stuff, you know, sometimes like me and Kingsley will have fun and we'll put videos and like, we get a lot of engagement, um, with it. So I think for now I'll just do it for fun and we'll see where it goes. See where it goes. Cause the reason y'all are different, of, of course, Kingsley can rap for rap for real cause he's a rapper. Um, but it's the reason you're different from other people is like you can legit rap. <laughs> you know, it's not just like um some people are like, oh, I'm freestyling. Like if I start freestyling right now, you can you're gonna be able to tell I'm not a rapper, right? <laughs> but you can you can like legit rap. Um, and I haven't heard you do anything other than you know what I've seen online, but you have you definitely have the Houston style with it too, which of course yeah. I like that because that's, that's my area. All right. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the the last word to say whatever you want to say, inspiration, whatever, but I would just like for it to end with. My name is Dr. Fati, and I am a black woman in a white coat. As long as it ends with that, and then throughout your 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 IG, whatever handles you want to give out, um, last word is yours. All right, y'all. So thank you for having me. My name is Dr. Fati MD. I am a bomb pediatrician located in Houston, Texas. I'm a black woman. I'm proud. You can see me on my IG at Dr. Fati MD. So D R F A T I M D. And yeah, let's pop. I'm a black woman in a white coat. <laughs> Hashtag boo.
I want them back like a dad, yeah. Oh, let's do it like flogger. Break them off real bad. Grew up with them candy paint whips, call them slabs. Grew up with these hips, had a couple girls mad. Now I'm grown up in this dock, is getting bad. Haters saw my wedding, got sick, can't sleep. I'm a doc, I can't help, the prescription is me. I be beating down your block, knocking pictures off your wall. Yes, I'm Dr. Foxy, but some call me Bridal Ball. 